baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome into Going Low, powered by Bowser Chevrolet. Kale Berger back here with you. Saturday morning, May 13, 2023. It is Saturday at the Byron Nelson in McKinney, Texas. TPC Craig Ranch. We'll get into that in just a second. But I haven't talked to you in about two weeks here. Had the week off last weekend. Uh, went over to Baltimore to visit a, a good buddy of mine I grew up with. And had the opportunity to play some golf on the way there, on the way back. Just a you know, three and a half hour drive. I mean, nothing, nothing serious, nothing crazy. Just uh, a lot of, uh, you know, driving, looking at the open road and uh, karaoke on that three and a half hour drive on the Pennsylvania Turnpike and, and 70, but got to play some golf in Maryland uh, on the way there and on the way back, like I said, and, and I just have to get this off my chest. And, you know, it, it's something for me that is a big, uh, a critique, I guess, but I think it's certainly something that is really just has bugged the hell out of me, and I'm sure bugs you out there if you're a golfer like I am. Obviously, that's probably why you're listening to this show at 7 a.m. But uh, I'm not going to name names here with the courses. I will name a name for the course that I played on the way back. But on the way there, I hit up a buddy of mine. Shout out Ben Bobeck. He actually works for PGA Tour uh, Radio on Sirius XM. He's a producer there. Buddy of mine that I went to pit with, and I was... Heading out to Baltimore, and I said, hey, do you want to play? Let's let's link up on the way. Uh, I got some time to kill. Let's go play. So we found a course, uh, you know, just outside of Baltimore in Maryland. Kind of a hefty price tag, 90 bucks. But I was like, listen, I, I'm on vacation, so to speak. I'm going out there to play with a buddy of mine I haven't seen in a while. I'm willing to, to spend the money. Now, you know, we got there, and... I'll say this, the course was just okay in terms of the condition it was in. I mean, it, it was challenging in the sense that I never played there before, obviously, so I didn't know kind of what was around every bend. But uh, the, the course was not in the condition I would expect of a $90 course. And this was, you know, a semi-private club. Uh, you know, there were people that were members at this place. It was perfectly fine, but not a course that I would play 90 bucks for again. On the way back... You know, we'd obviously already spent a pretty penny on the first round, and we said, all right, well, let's just play one of these public municipal courses in Maryland. My buddy's from Montgomery County, Maryland, so I said, let's play one of these Montgomery County courses. This course, or this round, cost 50 bucks. And man, if I tell you that this course was in 10 times the shape of the $90 course, I mean, I was speechless. It was a little. It was a track called Little Bennett. It's one of the, you know, one of the munis. It's, it's one of the county-run courses. I think there's five or six of them in Montgomery County, Maryland. It was called Little Bennett. Great name, you know, very similar to the course we play here in Pittsburgh. I mean, it was up and down. It was hilly, in and out of the woods, but the place was in pristine condition. It was pure. One of the nicest municipal golf courses or public golf courses in terms of one that is managed by. A county, a municipality, it was pure. 
But that's one thing that always, you know, kind of grinds my gears, and I'm sure it bugs you guys out there as well. If I'm paying 90 bucks, close to $100 with some of the, you know, the, uh, the tax and, and the drinks and the beverages, if I'm playing close to 100 bucks, I want the golf course to be in tip-top shape. And unfortunately, the first one we played just wasn't. But kudos to Montgomery County, Maryland. Uh, some great golf courses out there from what I've heard. Uh, but this track, Little Bennett, I was a big fan. Played well, beautiful weather, and the course was just in perfect, pristine shape. So shout out to them, shout out to the grounds crew, and just a tip for all of you out there, you know, play a lot of courses, improve your knowledge of what courses you like, what courses you don't, but don't always just look at the price tag. You know, especially here in Western Pennsylvania, there are a lot of hidden gems that are well taken care of, that are in great shape. Um, that you don't necessarily need to break the bank to play, but it is going to be in a condition that is perfect for you, that you're going to appreciate, that you're going to love, and you didn't, you know, empty out your wallet to be able to get those conditions. So just a public service announcement out there. But shout out to Little Bennett in Montgomery County, Maryland. A very fun course with a very fun name. Like I said, it is the Byron Nelson, the AT&T Byron Nelson this week. TBC Craig Ranch, McKinney, Texas. There is a $9.5 million purse on the line. Last year's winner, K.H. Lee. And this, I think, is the last year where AT&T is going to be the presenting sponsor of this tournament. But just to give you a quick update there on what the leaderboard looks like. Through two rounds, Scotty Scheffler, the Texas native. He's leading at 14 under Mackenzie Hughes. And Ryan Palmer, Ryan Palmer also a Texas native, uh, right behind him at 13 under. And then at fourth, we have Siwoo Kim at 11 under. And then uh, at five, at fifth, at 10 under, we have Richie Orensky. Uh, some of the other names here are not necessarily, you know, big names other than Jason Day tied for six at nine under. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama is also at nine under as well. So not necessarily a, a star-studded field right now at the top of the leaderboard. There are some big names, and obviously it is all uh, capped off by Scotty Scheffler, who continues uh, to play like one of, if not the best player in the world. Obviously, he and John Rahm all season have been neck and neck. John Rahm took that uh, advantage or took the lead by winning the Masters, and that gave him the edge, and he is the world number one. But Scotty Scheffler just continues to dominate, continues to excel, and we're seeing that again here. He's only played two rounds of golf this weekend so far, and he's already 14 under. Twin rounds of 64 to begin this tournament on a course that he undoubtedly knows very well, uh, that he's obviously very familiar with, that I'm sure he grew up playing, but he's played, of course, very well there on the PGA Tour as well, having grown up in Dallas, Texas. So we have one Texan who is playing very well in this tournament right now. Scotty Scheffler in great form as he has been all year, but especially heading into the PGA Championship next week. There is one glaring omission from this field with Texas roots, and that, of course, would be Jordan Spieth. You know, a fellow Texas Longhorn like Scotty Scheffler, Jordan Spieth announcing uh, last week after he was, you know, missed the cut or was a withdrawal. I think it was a missed the cut uh, for Jordan Spieth at the Wells Fargo last week, but uh, Jordan Spieth dealing with a wrist injury right now, and for that reason, he was a withdrawal this week, did not play in the AT&T Byron Nelson. This is another one where it's kind of a home course for him. Uh, that a lot of fans, a lot of friends and family, people that are big supporters of Jordan Spieth, 
undoubtedly disappointed they weren't going to be able to watch the Texas kid uh, this weekend at TPC Craig Ranch. But uh, you look at Jordan Spieth, and last week he misses the cut, really never had a shot at the Wells Fargo Championship at uh, Quail Hollow. I mean, just not did not have the performance that everyone was kind of looking for from him, especially with the way he had been playing recently. Uh, but here is the statement earlier this week made by Jordan Spieth. Quote, over the weekend, I had severe pain in my left wrist and had doctors confirm an injury that requires rest and limited movement. The AT&T Byron Nelson means the absolute world to me, and I'm disappointed to miss it this week. And he goes on to say that playing in front of family and friends in Dallas, one of the highlights of his year, and the tournament staff and volunteers are second to none. He looks forward to being back next year and many years after. Right now, he's focused on healing as quickly as possible and have to evaluate his recovery week to week. He says, sincere thanks to the medical professionals who have supported me over this weekend, Jordan Spieth. So, Spieth does not have the finish that he wanted at the Wells Fargo last week and now sits out of one of his favorite tournaments, the Byron Nelson, and is definitely in doubt, I, I think, for next week at the PGA Championship at Oak Hill Country Club. Uh, and he says week to week there, but this is an injury that's going to require limited movement, and some R&R, rest and relaxation. Is Jordan Spieth in a situation like, what is the severity? Because we're kind of seeing differing reports from Jordan Spieth here. You know, part of him, this statement, he says severe pain. When someone's having severe pain in their left wrist and they're a golfer, that is not something that sounds good to me by any means and does not give me a ton of optimism that a guy like Jordan Spieth is going to be able to play or have a shot, really, next week. Now, you, you look at the odds right now, Okay, and you know these are current odds from DraftKings. Jordan Spieth right now is plus two thousand. Okay, he has the tie for the fourth best odds with Shoffley, with Justin Thomas, with Morikawa, with Brooks Kepka. So those are the odds right now as of yesterday at one o'clock. Okay, I'm here on this article from USA Today. We're going to talk about the PGA Championship coming up here in just a little bit with our preview next segment, but. That seems way too optimistic for me. And I'm sure, or I'm very surprised that Vegas has not dropped those odds just because the guy's dealing with severe pain in his list, or severe pain in his wrist right now currently. And it's a shame because while Jordan Spieth has not won this year on the PGA Tour, he, of course, has been very close. Had that ridiculous final round at the Masters in that pairing with Phil Mickelson. Uh, a couple of weeks ago at the RBC Heritage in Hilton Head, he ends up losing in the playoff to Matt Fitzpatrick, but just missed some putts here and there. And it's weird because it's almost like Jordan Speed's play has been so erratic this year. The accuracy hasn't necessarily always been there. The putting is like 124th on the PGA Tour right now currently. So he's not putting the ball great. His drives, you know, finding fairways, has not necessarily been his forte this year. But Jordan Spieth has also, you know, simultaneously uh, had some pretty good finishes. Just ultimately has not been able to uh, capitalize and, and get over the top and get that first win of the season here. But for Jordan Spieth right now, you know, as we kind of look at his results of the year thus far, so he misses the cut at the Wells Fargo, just no shot at plus seven. At the RBC Heritage, he ends up losing in a playoff, going 17-under. At the Masters, he ended up tied for fourth. At the Valspar, he's tied for third. 
19th at the Players, 4th at the Arnold Palmer at Bay Hill, 6th at the Waste Management. So Jordan Spieth has been playing very, very, very good golf. And it's almost incredible that he's had the finishes he has had for a guy that is, I feel like, taking so many dumb shots. He's tried to be a hero too many times and also at times been so erratic. Um, it is going to be a shame that he is not playing this week, but also that is potentially his performance in the PGA Championship next week is in some jeopardy as well, given he's dealing with this wrist injury. So I, I know myself, I know golf fans out there are wishing him a speedy recovery and hope everything's okay. Um, but, you know, this is just kind of another golfer uh, that we're potentially not going to see, you know, this coming week and another golfer that's dealing with a major injury this season. Will Zalatoris is the big one, you know, a top 10 player in the world, in the world golf rankings that is dealing with that herniated disc in his back, missing the entire 2023 campaign. And then, of course, we know Tiger Woods is not going to play in the PGA Championship as well as he is dealing with um, that ankle injury, having to get that ankle fused uh, about a month or so ago. So that is another big name that potentially is in jeopardy of missing the PGA Championship at Oak Hill Country Club in Rochester, New York next week. More about uh, the PGA Championship coming up in our preview next segment. What other golf news do we have to get to this week? Look, one is one of my favorite stories I've seen. The other one is one that is one that kind of pisses me off, frankly. The first one is, I think, a pretty cool and a pretty feel-good story. And that is that legendary caddy Joe LaCava, okay, longtime caddy for Tiger Woods. He was in the news just a couple of weeks ago when he was caddying for Patrick Cantlay. And everyone was kind of scratching their head and thinking, you know, well, he's Tiger's caddy. And I know Tiger's injured, but why is he caddying for Patrick Cantlay, one of the top players in the world? And basically, you know, with Tiger on the shelf with injury, Joe LaCava's still got to make some money. Joe LaCava's still one of the best caddies out there, respected, diligent, you know, well-regarded by his peers. Patrick Cantlay made a change and needed a new caddy, so he reached out to Joe LaCava, and now he's on the bag uh, for him. But he just switched over to Patrick Cantlay. But a very cool opportunity uh, this past week for Joe LaCava as he was not on the bag for Patrick Cantlay, but he was on the bag for the number one uh, female player in the world in Nelly Corda. Okay? Nelly Corda, obviously if you're a golf fan, you know that name. She is the world number one on the female side, one of the best players in the world, and uh, a player that is playing very, very good right now. Well, she needed a caddy because hers, uh, who she's got a good relationship with, is on paternity leave. So she needed to find a caddy, and that's when she, you know, kind of reached out to Tiger Woods and said, hey, are, are you kind of cool with me using Joe LaCava this week while my caddy is still on paternity leave? And basically, here's the story of the, how the pairing happened, okay? So... She First of all, LaCava's caddying for her at the Founders Cup in New Jersey as she's the number one player in the world. She said, and I quote, my agent is good friends with Tiger's manager, and I got connected that way. Through that, I got Tiger's blessing, and this was a couple of months ago, and now I have Joe in the bag for the rest of the week, which is a huge honor, obviously. She said, I thought since my caddy, Jason uh, McDeedy, was out on paternity leave for this week, I could learn something from one of the greatest caddies, and I'm just grateful that he had said yes. And what's cool about this for Joe LaCava is some of the people he has caddied for. I mean, he has lived the ultimate 
uh, kind of caddy career or caddy resume in terms of uh, the golfers, the people he has been able to caddy for in his career, and why he makes him one of, you know, the best to ever do it, and a guy who's, you know, super well regarded in terms of the game of golf. So look who, and this is a tweet from Dan Rappaport from Barstool Sports. He says, Joe LaCava is the prime tiger of picking up one-week sub-caddy jobs. My man's loop for Tiger Woods, Fred Couples, Steve Stricker, Patrick Cantlay, and now Nelly Corda. Really not a bad uh, kind of group of, of golfers to work for ever. Um, so a, a pretty cool pairing this week that a guy who's caddied for so long for Tiger Woods, now on the PGA Tour is on the bag for Patrick Cantlay for one week, kind of taking a, a little bit of a, a sabbatical or vacation from the PGA Tour and getting the opportunity to work for the world number one on the LPGA Tour being Nelly Corda. Pretty cool story there. Now, this is the story that is, like I said, pissed me off, okay? Let me tell you about Tommy Cool. Tommy Cool is a senior at the University of Illinois. We got Joel Nelson behind the glass. He's got kind of a look on his face like he might have heard this story, okay? This triggered me this week. Tommy Cool is a senior at the University of Illinois, okay? Illinois won the Big Ten Championship this year in golf, or the or most recent one, okay? He is trying to qualify for the U.S. Open. And last week, he had played the round of his life. He shot a 62, which broke the course record at the Illini Golf Club in Springfield, Illinois, earning him a spot, or as he thought, in the U.S. Open sectional qualifying. And the craziest thing is he did it all on aerated greens. So we all know what aerated greens is. It's the most frustrating possible thing you can experience as a golfer. You shell out 50 bucks for a round. You get up early. You get out to the course with your buddies. You tee off on your first hole. You get to the first green, and it's all bumpy. There's holes. It's undulated. There's a bunch of crap on the green, okay? We all have dealt with that frustration in our golf careers. This guy shot a 62 and broke a course record on aerated greens at the Illini Golf Club in Springfield, Illinois. Here's the problem. Cool had completed his round at the qualifier and was with a group of his teammates from Illinois watching one of their other teammates, okay? Battle it out in a playoff for one of the last of the five available spots to get onto the next round of U.S. Open qualifying. And I'm reading this story from, or this quote from, Ryan French of MondayQ.com, Monday Qualifier. He says, that's when another of Cool's teammates, Jackson Buchanan, who himself had shot a 64 to qualify, mentioned to Cool the aerated greens they had just played. And that's when kind of the light bulb, unfortunately, went off for Tommy Cool. In that moment, Cool had realized he had been fixing aeration marks on the greens throughout his round, which meant he would have disqualified himself. So you are allowed to fix, you know, other people's ball marks, other kind of abnormalities on the putting surface, um, you know, people that don't fix their divots or when their ball lands. You can fix all that stuff kind of in your putting line. I guess the greens weren't, like, aerated the day before. There were still remnants of when the greens were aerated. But this guy, Tommy Cool was fixing the aeration marks, which he thought were ball marks, in his putting line and had been doing it the entire day. Now, he didn't think anything of it at the time because clearly he didn't think they were aerated greens or something like that. I don't know. 
kind of surprised he wasn't able to tell the difference. But if he wasn't able to tell the difference, then how would he have even known the greens were aerated at all? That being said, as much as I'm sure it probably hurt this guy after shooting a 62 and a course record, he did the, I guess, honorable thing and went and, and, and told the rules officials and disqualified himself. Course record 62, qualified for the next round of the U.S. Open, qualifying, and disqualifies himself after 62. Here's my thing, okay? Number one, why the hell are we playing a U.S. Open qualifier on a course that just had aerated greens? You know, it's frustrating enough to go out to your local public course or your country club and not realize the greens are being aerated and being like, oh my God, I can't believe this. I paid all this money and, and be pissed off about that. We've all dealt with it. I get it. It's frustrating. Why the hell are they playing a U.S. Open qualifier on a course that just aerated its greens recently? To the point where not only it may have an impact on the way guys are able to putt and perform that week, but to the point where you know, maybe there was a gray area between the time they were aerated to the time that this green was, or the time this qualifier was being played, that there would be a gray area where this guy would be fixing what he thought were ball marks, but would end up disqualifying himself because he's fixing aeration marks. Why the hell are we making people who are trying to qualify for the U.S. Open play on aerated greens? And why are we uh, allowing this uncertainty to be a part of the qualifying as well? So... Listen, if I were him, and I'm not saying I'm not an honorable guy, I'm keeping my mouth shut. Who cares if I have some revelation hours after my round? We shouldn't be playing a U.S. Open qualifier on area to greens. We shouldn't be creating this scenario, this situation, where I could disqualify myself. If they got to area the greens close enough to this tournament that this could be potentially be an option, I'm moving the qualifier somewhere else. Or I'm aerating the greens the week after. Like, what the hell are we doing? But also, I understand being honorable. I understand being truthful. But also, if you're this Tommy Cool kid, dude, you shot a 62. You didn't know. You're not out there, you know, fixing aerated greens intentionally because you're trying to give yourself an edge. You're just doing what any other golfer would do. And this gets back to one of those things that I think all of us can relate to with golf that frustrates us with the golf and is one of our you know, major sticking points. It's that some of this stuff is too damn serious. Some of this stuff is too stuffy. And some of these rules, I mean, I'm not playing this rule when I'm out there playing with my buddies on the course. You're not out there playing this rule with your buddies on the course. And it's something buried in the USGA rulebook but this guy knew the rule. He figured out the rule. I'm sure his stomach dropped. And he decided, I need to be truthful about this. I need to disqualify myself. So I guess kudos to him for that. I guess, you know, he deserves some credit there. But I don't understand why we as the USGA or the course are putting players in this situation. But if the Greens were just aerated, hell of a job by him shooting a 62 in a course record. 412-928-9370. That is the phone number to call if you want to join the conversation here. Uh, we're going to talk some PGA Championship next as the next major on the docket comes to Rochester, New York, Oak Hill Country Club. Last time I was there was 2013. 
and that was won by Jason Duffner. It was also the birthplace of a great meme in the golf world. Ten-year anniversary, we'll talk about that coming up next, or that wasn't the birthplace, but that was also ten years ago involving that player. We'll talk about that coming up next. Preview the championship, get your phone calls as well, who you like going into the PGA Championship at Rochester next week. Remember, you can always stay and play at the Comfort Inn Somerset. We'll take your phone calls and preview the PGA Championship next. It's Kale Berger for Going Low, powered by Bowser Chevrolet on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. <laughs> 